0: Welcome to another podcast with me, Toby Webb. I'm delighted that joining me in this podcast today is Morgane Fleury from Champagne Fleury in France. So welcome to the podcast, Morgane. How are you?
1: Yes, thank you. Uh, I'm well. I'm just uh, happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Well, thank you for making the time. We're at a, a Berry Brothers organized sustainable wine tasting here in London at the H Club. and We're about to taste a, a whole number of different sustainable biodynamic and organic wines including yours so um, we thought we'd take the opportunity to ask you a bit about Fleury Champagne and a bit about your views on sustainability, biodynamics and other sustainability issues. So just to start us off Morgan why don't you tell us a bit about the history of your of your chateau and uh, your name and and what you've been doing for the last 150 20 years with champagne.
1: Mm. So uh, it's not a chateau, it's a domain that domain. Uh, we are based in the Côte de Bar, so the most southerly part of the Champagne. I'm the fourth generation of a family business, and it's a kind of pioneer story because my uh, uh, grand-grandfather was uh, uh, making the grafted plant after the phylloxera, and then my grandfather was one of the first to make from the vineyards to the bottles, uh, create the champagne fleury in 1929. In the past, this area was just selling the grapes to the big house, and my father, uh, 30 years ago, uh, bring our vineyards to uh, buy Dynami, uh products. So all the vineyards, first one hectares and now 15 hectares. And two years after, so in 1992, he invited two colleagues in our village, uh, also growing biodynamically like him. And what is was great that we get the parcel just nearby him, not uh, nearby ours. So mm-hmm. it gives more sense to get now 30 hectares producing by dynamic in our small village called Courteron, who is just nearby the beginning of the Seine River, mm-hmm. when we get chalky and limestone, and this is Chimay like mm-hmm. Chablis terroir.
0: Wonderful, and so. Thirty years ago is a really long time to start talking about biodynamics in wine. Obviously, we know Rudolf Steiner, you know, wrote his his famous speeches, lectures in the twenties. But how did that come about? Why did your father suddenly decide to adopt this approach?
1: Oh, I think it's it was not suddenly. It goes it's so with my father as they discover all the. Uh, books and uh, stuff of Steiner. it was not going only on uh, agriculture, it was also going on education, economics, so both they they discover a new idea, it was the the 60s, the end of the 60s, and he didn't want uh, to be first a a wine producer, and at this time you don't choose your work, you do the same as your father, Mm -hmm. so my grandfather picked him up from the school, and he wanted to be an an astronomer. So he was a bit disappointed and he can't follow his dream and continue to study. So he had at 16 he has to be in the vineyards. So that's why later with my mother, when they discovered both this uh, uh, agriculture, it was very nice for them, specifically when it was just the, 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 the very high intensive herbicide we put on the Roundup and all mm-hmm. this stuff was very dangerous for the soil. And they always say both, they didn't want to leave a bad earth for the children they have. So we oh. are the children. Yes. And now two of my brothers continue this work of course. One is very passionate about the biodynamic observation in the vineyards, and the other one is passionate also to go by the vinification the more uh, natural it's possible.
0: So, did your father discover Steiner's theories, or did he just get interested in in having le- fewer inputs and then discover Steiner later? I'm just trying to understand. No, they, how, they how found it through
1: uh, first uh, like I think organic shop. We mm-hmm. were very young, so they wanted to feed us naturally. Then they discovered the book, how to bring it to the vineyard, mm-hmm. and at this time for him, it gave a lot of sense because of his dream of being an astronomer because as you oh, yeah, know the, moon and the, stars, the the yeah, yeah this yeah. moon cycle is really go to the mm-hmm. the way working biodynamically. if you don't understand this you can lose a part of the uh, understanding of all this preparation who is very sensitive like homeopathic mm-hmm. it's not a huge quantity it's go by 3 3 grams per hectare spraying on the vineyard so mm-hmm. we have really to believe it and he begins at this at this the end of the 70s like uh, like a, ch- a child, mm-hmm. because uh, it was not only you, do- you put out all the things and you just uh, nothing. So he didn't get any harvest. So he had to go back later with uh, someone who gave advice to go mm-hmm. well to this type of agriculture with François Boucher and was already advising some other wine producer, maybe 20 at this time for so, old friends
0: so how did you afford it because what, what a lot of people say is you know for a small producer like you guys 15 hectares mm-hmm. you know, biodynamics particularly in champagne where you've got you know got some wet weather you know that could be economically devastating so how did you manage that that element
1: yeah I think so we get the chance that we have the knowledge of uh, having uh, from my grandfather making champagne Uh, And the history when you know the countryside, the people like Bourgogne, we keep quite a lot of stock aged slowly in our cellar. Mm -hmm. So we had a bit of stocks. Also that my grandfather had during the wars cachet so mm-hmm. okay. three or four generations of uh, champagne yeah, so I think it's it's a, it's a bit easier when you have the chance to have the back of a stock it's not just you get a vineyard and mm-hmm. you go biodynamically the conversion is hard that's true it, it's like you if you change your the way you feed you if you mm-hmm. go to to india you can go sick because you don't have the same style mm-hmm. of food so the, the, the conversion is hard, but after you can observe that uh, the, the, the wine go uh, more stronger and stronger and healthy. And what for us, I think it's the, and that's why we export quite a lot. We don't have commercial everywhere in the world, but we export like maybe 40 different countries in the world. It's because of the test at the end. And the... Uh, we still have some native vintages where it was the conversion, so mm-hmm. a little bit uh, conventional and some biodynamic. And you can test, you can still test now the difference. Oh, wow. So I think it's also because the professionals believe mm. uh, in our wine and they, they taste different. So that's why it's, it's uh, gives us uh, the chance. And in 1993, uh, uh, my father got vigneron de l'année in Goemio, which you know have, uh, mm-hmm. a wine book, or wine yes. magazine we have in French. So yeah. my grandfather saw that he was, uh, he could be famous and it's not uh, crazy things going, growing biodynamically.
0: Does it change the nature of the wine as it ages? Because I mean, what they, what a lot of people say about you know natural organic but is, that, is that they should be drunk young and fresh, expression of terroir, expression of the weather. But I'm thinking if you age a biodynamic champagne for thirty years, I'm like, how different is that, do you think, from how it was before?
1: Um, just by the harvest, you can observe, the by, to compare the conventional, uh, the way we work, so biodynamically, we always get a bit more degrees, so more sugar, mm-hmm. and, and also more acidity. So it's it's a big potential of keepness, mm-hmm. and not fruitness, that you can observe. And we talk also a lot about minerality in the, mm-hmm. in yes. the biodynamics and the ideas that really the, the rules go to feed them with the terroir. Mm -hmm. And for us, the bedrock will be one meter and 20 centimeter deep, so Mm -hmm. not so deep. And the idea of this way is that really the the rules go deep to feed them, then you found it in the grapes and then in your wine, in your glass.
0: So I guess the acidity really helps with the aging because a lot of winemakers say that biodynamics makes vines very vigorous, very energetic. Mm -hmm. And there's sometimes a balance between getting a vine to struggle a little bit and you don't want it to be too vigorous. You, know, you don't. Want a, a winemaker said to me, yeah, you don't want it to be too easy for the vine. So how, how does that work with you guys? Is it more about just getting as much health into the vine as possible, or do you sometimes have to try and think about how the vine has to struggle? A bit? No,
1: we have to be more patient. So, for example, uh, in the past, we didn't do the malolactic fermentation by the champagne. We stopped, we stopped this. in a, Now we do malolactic, but the last vintage was a 1995. 1995, mm-hmm. and it was so much acidity, we have to leave it, uh, to forget it uh, 15 years in our cellar. And at the end, we had fun to make it with three different dosages, like, mm-hmm. because it's still a lot of acidity, and we go with uh, do so it's very rare. Mm-hmm. So 52 grams sugar added. Okay. And wow. it was not too... To, to cover the, the complexity of this one, it was just to push the dosage. Mm-hmm. That was the crazy idea of my father because at this time it was the beginning of the new tendance with Brut Nature. Mm-hmm. That, it's a tendency because mostly people don't know what is a dosage in the champagne, so yes. the disgorgement and the liqueur or not that we added in it. And to discover it when mm-hmm. it's well done, it's also very difficult to this, to, for the professional yeah. how many sugar it's added or not. So do
0: you have, you have a Brut Nature label?
1: We have okay. uh, now the new generation and I believe on it. I want mm. to go and also uh, because of this climate change I, and the maturity, mm. uh, I think it's, inter- it's very interesting to go on this way. But... Uh, We'd not forget that uh, it's like a meal. If you don't put any salt or sugar, it's very flat. Yeah, I mean, so I, you have to be to have a very good. Uh, it's a
0: very different style of tasting, it. isn't it? To taste Brunello, I find you really have to change your perception of the profile because you don't have that yeah. sugar. It's
1: but I mean, all the colleagues who go now are biodynamic like us, and it's small production, and mostly it's a lot of. Uh, young vintage like Mm -hmm. 2014 or 2012 that Mm -hmm. you can find on the market now Mm -hmm. if you you go by maturity when you're harvesting you can make really good champagne without Mm -hmm. any dosage but mostly and I know that in champagne you are so excited to harvest the most early you can and uh, in the past, I, I, I was not uh, understanding that. Now I understand a bit better because, uh, in uh, 24 hours, when it's rain and the maturity is there, you can lose all your harvest very short, also. So, that's important to yeah. really know the right time to harvesting.
0: Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. So, how far do you take biodynamics? Um, you, I mean, because some people say half of it's kind of science based and the other half is kind of a bit hippie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and some people buy into sort of half of it the science-based the more science-based parts and other people just do the full-on you know harvesting on the right day Mm -hmm. phases of the moon the right middle of the night how far do you guys take the sort of biodynamic spectrum
1: so first uh, we go and for the vineyard for sure we go uh, so far we can so for example the during the summertime when it's the more, or springtime now, when more difficult time, we have uh, some people uh, that can work uh, on Saturday or Sunday if it's the right time or if it's rain just after a treatment mm-hmm. that we put on the vineyards, we have to go again. And specifically uh, 2018 was really hard and I, I have to thank my brother who is special and was really uh, hard working mm-hmm. uh, to fight the mildew because I know some colleagues uh, didn't had such, such a good uh, harvest because uh, the mildew can destroy all. Yeah. How, do you and f- the con- how do you
0: tackle mildew then in that situation? Huh? How do you fight against mildew? So, b- 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 d-
1: so we don't have found the right thing and that's, sorry, that's why it's the problem in the future we'll have if the difficulty will more and more because uh, it's a bouillie bordelaise that we have to spray on it, so mm-hmm. some cuivre, I don't know the English. It's a, yeah, it's a,
0: a preparation, yeah.
1: Not the we yeah, had the preparation, but you know by the, to be organic, you have to minimum, yes. to put uh, minimum, uh, Min- minimum bio. amount. Yeah. yeah. And now even if you go on many years, because you can go less one year and more, mm-hmm. but because this past year were all a bit difficult, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, we hope, uh, and we are not crazy, we want to have havers. So we will go yeah. and go in the vineyards if the weather is very bad. Hmm. We will have maybe uh, 10, uh, uh, the minimum I think is 4 kilo uh, per hectare and per year. Mm-hmm. So,
0: so the maximum. Are your so, yields per hectare lower than your neighbours who are not by
1: If Sorry, again? So if
0: I take an equivalent... Vineyard Uh uh close to where you are that isn't Uh biodynamic, do you have a lower yield on average than they do per hectare?
1: Yeah, but for example, this year was uh, they, they they do crazy. My brothers show me the way that the the neighbors work systemic and where the way we the work the way we work, and at the end we get a very nice harvest. So because we fight well the mildew, mm-hmm. but the others they get huge quantity who is terrific. I heard about thirty-two thousand kilo hectare who is not allowed. So at the end they leave. Grapes on the vineyards, oh, and that's terrific because you know it's the law is like to go on yeah. 15,000 kilo per hectare. That's oh. the law, and then after if you have too much production, you can harvesting, and even the courtiers who go from place to place to farm for the big grant, mm-hmm. they had no more work because all the barrels and the tank they were full, mm-hmm. and it was just. We, we have an expression that's called faire pisser la vigne. So it's not for the quality, you have the quantity. Mm-hmm. And people want to go on quality because you know a kilo of champagne is about six euros. Mm-hmm. So when you just sell the grapes, and that's why a lot of producers who deliver it to the big brands, they just want to make money. They are not focused on the quality at the end. They have yeah. not the responsibility to sign on the bottle. We have the responsibility to be proud to serve the specifically me because I'm more by the represent part, commercial part. Mm-hmm. So I, I will not pour in a champagne that I don't believe on the quality.
0: So how far are your practices spreading across champagne? I mean I know about you guys, I think Tarlon, uh, biodynamic, I hear about some of the other producers, growers going yeah, organic. So how, Tarlon how is on the way to
1: make real champagne. So now it exists and I think it's very important to know that it's called L'Association des Champagnes Bio, mm-hmm. Biologic Champagne Association, Biologic Champagne Association. Mm-hmm. And you can find the list now, we are 73. That really, we, we were talking about the certification. I really believe in it. For some people, it's not used, they make very small quantity production, it's all about allocation. So, mm-hmm. and if you know them, so, so you have to believe them the way they work. But also now, you know, I. I I believe that control is important. It's not like oh I am biodynamic or I'm organic. It's really hard works. Yeah. And I have to say my father as he began like a dreamer, he, he didn't have any harvest because actually it's very hard. You have you have to understand really your yeah. terroir first if the your wine is a ecosystem. Yeah. So yeah. it's uh, I, I want to protect specifically by the champagne the certification and you were talking how far we go biodynamically mm-hmm. so we create also our own yeast select on, on our vineyards mm-hmm. so now it's dry you can found it it's called Viti le Bleu Quartz but it was 10 years research from my father he do it by himself some tests and the analogic institute found the second fermentation happened well very fine bubbles. That I really like because champagne is not only bubbles; it's first wine. Yes, that's my uh, idea of this champagne.
0: So, do the other champagne producers come to you and say, "How do you do this?" Yeah, of course, many, and, many. And, 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 and is that level of interest going up? Yeah, you know, a lot or a bit. I mean, I'm trying to understand mm-hmm. how how long it's going to take to make all of champagne. Biodynamic is that possible? So far,
1: just uh, to
0: or sustainable? No, just really to know
1: the big a big house came to us uh, some years ago already, and now there are, have hundred hectares is the big house Roderer, so they uh, they wanted to absorb by us. Uh, how it works so they come visit us and okay. uh, we have a very well re- relationship with them so now it's 100 hectares okay. by dynamic there. by them so it's, a, it's they don't talk about because I think it's disturbed the big brand yeah they get so, very worried about yeah. talking about these but things but if you, you get the, the chance to, to 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 talk with Jean-Baptiste Leca- Caillon, he's passionate about this mm-hmm. and he said I give back uh, uh, interest to the worker going to the winners by the observation mm-hmm. because uh, by this this kind of work you have to observe the, how it's work and yeah. It's, it's yeah. It's do do they find
0: do they find and do you find it's more labour intensive than to, to take your approach? You need more people in the field. Of
1: course, about thirty more, uh, thirty to forty percent more works okay. to be involved to observe. As I said, sometimes working on Sunday, so a, Saturday. A, it's a serious
0: cost, I guess. But yeah. then, for you guys, it's now part of your brand, isn't it? I mean, people in, in the wine industry know that you are biodynamic how many of your customers do you think understand but how sustainable you are
1: no i mean uh, that's what is funny that's when my grandfather uh, had the vineyards and my father go to biodynamic in france they were not so sensitive about uh, biodynamic so that's why we he began the export parts mm-hmm. and in france we we continue at this time working with our private client that was the client of my father. As I, I as I go to work with the, the family, mm-hmm. helping my father, it was because I was observing the new trends in Paris that it's go natural wine, biodynamic, mm-hmm. and and I wanted to say, hey, my father is involved in some years, and uh, yeah, I think uh, now more and more people. Uh, but if tomorrow everybody want to drink. Uh, Champagne done with the respect of the terroir. Uh, We are only 1.2% of all the champagne production. So 450. How many bottles do you produce? We produce around 180,000 bottles per year. And we have a large, we age quite well our champagne yeah, Non-vintage one is uh, with the base 2013. And your
0: cheapest champagne is... 20 to 25 euros a bottle. It's not expensive. No. So I guess if you can do it, then surely everybody else can do no. but
1: it. But sometimes I think it's it has to be more uh, expensive because some people, they believe more it's expensive, more you have the quality. Mm-hmm. My idea is more that everybody can drink it, so yeah. that's better. But uh, when I travel and I saw our champagne always like, oh very low price. Oh no, it's sad because it's so much investment. Mm-hmm. But we are not focused. We don't go with jaguar or we don't <laughs> have a swimming pool. So we more invest in uh, research yeah. and always yeah. going uh, to new new project, uh, horses in the vineyard, uh, Great. trying this. And, uh, so uh, there's,
0: there's no evidence to suggest that low levels of chemicals in wine or any other food actually really harm human health like it's always about concentration parts per million but it seems to me that there is a growing awareness and trend to move away from chemicals in agriculture do you see that as a long-term trend in in champagne and across france
1: no i just read and i'm happy because my father said always i want in my life to see champagne without herbicide minimum and its vote it mm-hmm. will be in 2025 so no more herbicide in all champagne so it's a had a commitment Yeah, it's on the newspaper, so everybody can well, so Everyone cannot, in
0: Champagne has committed no has more Has to herbicides. be in
1: 2020, 2025, so wow, not tomorrow.
0: that's not that far away.
1: No, it's great. That's great. So, so, hey, so But we already know that it's wow. uh, very bad for the soil.
0: Yeah, so everybody uh, in Champagne has committed no more herbicides exactly. after 2025. Is mm-hmm. that right? I didn't know that. That's amazing.
1: No, no, that's really new. It was like maybe two weeks ago. Wow. So I'm very happy to yeah, have that. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and... Uh, no, we can't be the most famous appellation in the world and continue to spray some bad thing on the yeah, yeah. soil that now everybody knows if you're a bit conscious that you found pesticide yeah, in course. the wine that's bad for the earth and the mm. concern and everything.
0: So let me finish off, because we have to go taste some of your champagnes yeah. now, Co- Let me ask you a final question. Climate change, um, it's everywhere in the news for a long time. You know, the science obviously is undisputed except by lunatics. Um, what? Changes have or which changes have you noticed in your vineyards in the last five or 10 years and how concerned are you about the future of your business with regard to to climate change and rising temperatures and, and weather volatility?
1: No, oh, as just a funny joke, I will say first, what is good, we will f- uh, stop to capitalise. You know that? Yeah, Chapelle Adit- <laughs> Isée. Right? it's 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 uh, still allowed in Bourgogne, in our area. So mm-hmm. I think we will go more and focus on real grapes, because mm-hmm. it's not allowed for all the appellation in France. So mm-hmm. that's that's a good step. And I don't know, in 20 years, maybe all the champagne will be in the UK by us. I don't know, already. <laughs> doesn't it taste ter- the same
0: yet, though.
1: No, the terroir oh. will be not the same, but I'm not afraid for the future uh, years, maybe for the 20th year, it will be. What is more dangerous is this, uh, like uh, 2017, uh, we get frost at the end of uh, yeah. April, so, so it's terrific. Vo- volatility, are, which is very dangerous. biodynamic so. or not biodynamic no one's had happened. Yeah. RS, that's too much complicated or yeah. hail, very late it's very dangerous but by the uh, réchauffement, so it go warmer I think for us it's have some positive to go more natural because you can imagine the south of France uh, yeah. dry so dry so we have the chance to get uh,
0: so there might be some small temperature benefit but that's offset by the weather volatility in like. the overall global picture I get mm. yeah Okay. Well, look, we could keep talking for hours, but I know you've got to go and show your champagnes to some of customers. Here. I'm, I'm very keen to taste them again. So, Morgan, thank you so much for your time today, and um, listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you want to find out more about Flurry, just Google them. It's F L E U R Y, and I highly recommend their champagnes. They're all delicious. So, thank you for your thank time
1: you. Morgan. Thank you. Bye.